appears as though the debate over Bill C-21, the government's gun ban legislation, is going to carry over into 2023. It's unclear exactly how the government intends to deal with the mess they've created for themselves. But make no mistake, a mess is what they have on their hands. Opposition is building to C-21, including from their own caucus, the NDP and the bloc even now with some concerns. The Assembly of First Nations has come out against this legislation. Uh, So not what we expected when the government decided to go back to the well of bringing in more gun control. Uh, Someone who's been uh, watching all of this very closely had a very interesting piece the other day uh, on this very question. How did the liberals get this so wrong? Brian Lilly, political columnist at the Toronto Sun, torontosun.com. He joins us on the line here this morning. Brian, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. We got you there, Brian? Uh, yeah, hey, there we go. Perfect. Me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, now. there right, we go. Great. Thanks Magic again for joining technology. Us it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like the, the Trudeau liberals, um, you know, I, I know their detractors will say that uh, they're awful at everything. They can't do anything <laughs> right. They're quite good at politicking. I don't think they're very good at governing, uh, but they're very good at finding issues to work for them, to tell their narrative, to push their agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think they thought, okay, well, we've got something here with Bill C-21, and it had broad support. Uh, you know, it, it was supposed to be the handgun freeze ban. Uh, that's what it was supposed to be all about. Then they they add in the uh, the rifles, uh, mostly rifles that they described as military-style assault weapons from the May 2020 executive order, the order in council that, that banned them without legislation. They add that in. Then at the last minute, they decide they're going to put in an amendment that is so broad, so vague, so poorly written that it, it's got everybody who even people that were on their side angry with them. You know, Carrie Price, the Montreal Canadiens, great coming out against them. The uh, Assembly of First Nations, as you mentioned, groups like the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters, which is normally more interested in wetlands preservation than gun control legislation they came out against them so there's a lot going on here it's just proof that they've handled this badly from a political point of view i did want to ask you about this and i think it's too early to 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 jump to any conclusions but i know you've been following the the horrible tragedy that unfolded last night in vaughan just north of toronto and we appear to have a situation where a very troubled man someone who probably should not have had access to two firearms at all was able to obtain a semi-automatic handgun and used it to, to murder five people. It's inevitable that these kinds of horrible situations do impact or influence the gun debate. But, but what's your sense uh, at this point of like, maybe the, the relevance of some of those factors? Uh, what we know about the, the now deceased gunman, his name was uh, Francesco Villi, um, and I wrote about it this morning, deeply disturbed man. When you look at the court records, you look at his social media, he was convinced that electricity was coming through the walls and, and hurting his, uh, his health and his financial ability. Yeah. And he'd been in lawsuits going back years with various members of the board of his condo corporation saying they were involved in a criminal conspiracy. His social media posts were rambling and incoherent, clearly somebody not well. But what we don't know at this point is, did he have a legal or an illegal handgun? I have no doubt that the government will jump on this and say, see, this is why we're doing what we're doing. My guess is that we will find out that this gentleman had an illegal handgun. Um, Unless he was licensed decades ago, looking at his record, I can't see how he would 
qualify for a gun license in the recent past. Um, but, the, you know, the government will use this, and, and they have unfortunately done that before, where somebody does something with illegal guns smuggled in from the United States, and they say, aha, we will protect you. We'll take guns away, not from the criminals, but the guys following the law. And, you know, this is liberal policy going back to the 1990s. But, you know, the way they have handled Bill 21, uh, you know, my son colleague, Warren Kinsella, who's an old fashioned Jean Chrétien liberal, says what the Trudeau guys are doing right now is very politically dangerous for them, that it's going to cost them seats, which is, you know, if you're going after somebody's deer rifle or duck shotgun, claiming that you're going after military style assault weapons to uh, deal with the shootings in Calgary or Surrey or Toronto, you know, people aren't going to believe you. They're they're going to see what's happening, and that's what they've been doing. I, I think they will use this tragedy in Vaughan uh, for their political gain to try and turn around the narrative on Bill C-21. But it's almost as though maybe they just didn't understand all of the nuances of, of a file like this, because the fact that they went from saying that, look, hunting rifles and assault-style weapons are completely different, night and day, we're not talking about the same thing, and yet here we are, where their attempts to define what an assault-style weapon is has literally encompassed hundreds uh, of different hunting rifles. Yeah, it's... I, in. My sense is that neither on the political side nor the bureaucratic side were they consulting with people who actually understand guns. And there is a deep divide in this country. Most Canadians don't want guns around at all. They, they haven't fired them. They don't want to fire them. They're scared of them. And, and they're scared of them because of crime. And there is a legitimate reason to be worried about crime guns. But the guns that you and I are talking about right now used for hunting deer, hunting ducks, geese, moose, what have you, these are used by your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, your doctor, your mechanic, your lawyer, uh, your dentist, all, you know, gun owners come from all walks of life. And, and they, there are a lot of them in the city, uh, whether we're talking Calgary or Toronto or Ottawa or Montreal, there's a lot of gun owners in urban areas. They tend to keep quiet, though, and they're not involved in liberal political operations. So I don't think the liberals had anybody around them that understood what they were dealing with. I don't think the bureaucrats, having watched them at committee, the, the bureaucratic experts on this file are not experts in firearms. And so they drafted these amendments that, as I said, were put in at the last minute and took a bill that had broad public support and turned it on its head. I think they did that because they just don't understand. And at one point, we, we had, and we still have a full list, but now the government says they'll consult on it. We had the full list, and we could point and say, that is a duck shotgun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a double-barreled duck shotgun where it's a break action. You've got to break it open, put in two shells, shoot at the duck. And they would be saying, but we're not targeting duck guns. You're like, that's one there. No, it's not. At the beginning, when they first, you know, it's more than a month they've been getting uh, a lot of heat from this. At the beginning, they just said anyone who made the claim that there were, you know, hunting firearms on this list was was lying. The uh, prime minister accused them of spreading disinformation. After Carey Price made a social media post, that got people talking in Quebec. And at that point, the prime minister said he was listening, but they were still pushing back and people were trying to 
you know, just basically vilify Carey Price. Um, and I thought, okay, well, they're not really going to listen. But when the AFN passed a unanimous resolution and they said, you did not consult us, a constitutional requirement, this violates treaty rights, the government said, okay, we've got to do something. That, that's what they should have done in the middle of November when this started, as opposed to wearing this for a month, looking politically incompetent. Um, but maybe it's a sign that either they've lost top staffers or you know, the government's aging itself out because they're also handling the Chinese uh, foreign interference file very badly as well. That's true. You know, the end of the year, two own goals, basically, against the Trudeau government uh, for bad political handling in ways that you wouldn't have seen a couple of years ago. So in terms of how they get out of this mess, maybe the, the simplest or the most likely scenario is they simply just arbitrarily go through and, and pull some hunting rifles uh, out of this list and say, there we go, problem solved. You know, maybe they, they do scrap this bill. Maybe we, you know, they prorogue parliament and the bill just dies on the order paper or they, they call an election. I, I don't know. What, what seems the most likely scenario here at this point, in your view? If I were advising them, I would say just go back to the original bill without the amendments. Uh, now, as someone in, who's you know enjoys going to the range, um, that's not what I want. But if I were advising them politically, I'd say go back to the original bill that had broad-based support. You can get that passed, no problem. Deal with any other issues later on. What I think they will do is what you just described of pulling out individual hunting rifles or shotguns and saying, see, we listened, see, we're changing. Uh, but, um, you know, hundreds of models of very legitimate hunting rifles and shotguns will still be on the list. Mm -hmm. And and eventually they, they will just keep going further and further down the list. I mean, again, they're saying they're going after military-style assault rifles, but they've got bolt-action deer rifles on the list. They've got break-action shotguns on the list. It's, um, it, it, it's a bizarre situation that we're in. I think they'll go for banning the most, uh, the highest number of firearms possible with the least amount of effort. Um, but, you know, politics is a strange game and we're in a minority parliament, so who knows what will happen. Here we are for now. You had a piece on the weekend about some worrisome poll numbers for the liberals and maybe speak to this issue and, and probably some others, too. Uh, does that make them less likely to, to want to pull the trigger, so to speak, on, on an election in, in 2023? Or what are you hearing about that? Um, look, polling numbers are fluid. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the polling actually puts anybody in a great uh, situation politically. Um, but what I did point out is that latest Leger poll, and they were, I think, the most accurate pollster in the last in the last two, uh, they show numbers turning in Ontario, a seven-point lead for the Conservatives over the Liberals, and that they're tied among women, the Liberals and the Conservatives. Um, and that, that's important because if the Conservatives want to win, they've got to win in Ontario and they've got to convince women. Men are already overwhelmingly on their side. Um, all of these things are have been bouncing around for the last little while as Canadians measure up Pierre Polyev and decide what they're going to do with him. And and as they look at how the, the Trudeau liberals are handling or mishandling various files and, you know, we can't forget about inflation and everything else that uh, that is swirling around the government. So I, I, I think there's a lot of factors going in. And I can tell you how this is my fifth minority government uh, that I've covered in the last 20 years. There is always a team of people 
plotting out election scenarios because you have to be ready at any moment. Much more is mentioned, torontosun.com. Brian, always a pleasure. Thanks for making some time for us here today. Thank you, Rob. All the best. Cheers. Uh, there you go. That's Brian Lilly, a political columnist at the Toronto Sun, torontosun.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.